0: We adore thee, O Christ, and we praise thee, because I'm by thy the of the cross thou hast redeemed the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Good Friday twenty sixteen. With all that has happened in our lives over the last year. With all that God's providence seems to have in the offing for us in the months to come, this Good Friday is unique. We gather as a parish with brothers and sisters with whom we gather at the altar every day, every Sunday. And as always, there are visitors, not just Catholic visitors, but non-Catholic visitors, even non-Christian visitors who are all very welcome. Your prayers add a great deal to our celebration of our Lord's Passion. Even when one cannot receive Holy Communion, the prayer, the desire, even if it begins just as interest and curiosity, leads ultimately to heaven. Not only are your prayers welcome, but also your contribution. To the Christians in the Holy Land, which we take up every Good Friday, is very welcome. In fact, on this Good Friday, 2016, we know not the fate of Father Tom Unu kidnapped when 16 were murdered in Aden, Yemen, among whom were four missionaries of charity. Some say he is to be crucified today. We don't know, but we still pray for him. Good Friday 2016, even more specifically, has much for us to consider because it is the 25th of March, 2016. St. Augustine, echoing a fairly common notion in the first centuries of Christianity, commented, For he, our Lord that is, is believed to have been conceived on the 25th of March, Upon which day also he suffered. So the virgin of the womb in which he was conceived, where no one of mortals was begotten, corresponds to the new grave in which he was buried, wherein was never man laid, neither before nor since. And it only happens a few times a century that the 25th of March is also Good Friday. It happened a few years ago. It'll happen again in 2157. We won't be here anymore. In 1608, Good Friday fell on the 25th of March. On the occasion, John Donne penned the poem. At once a son is promised her and gone. Gabriel gives Christ to her, he her to John. Not fully a mother, she's in orbity. At once receiver and the legacy. All this and all between this day hath shown the abridgment of Christ's story, which makes one, as in plain maps, the furthest west is east, of the angels, Ave, and Consumatimast. but only to the outsider, would it appear to be the beginning and the end. We believers, we Christians, know that we are blind to the supernatural. We see only its effects. And so as wise, blind men, we listen with our ears and hear with the ears of faith This one conceived on March 25th is the eternally begotten Son of God. He has always existed. That was not the day of the beginning of His living. And this one whose dead body is being taken down from the cross, He could not be more alive. This is not the beginning and the end. This is the exclamation point. All of human history hinges on the Incarnation, on the years between Ave and Est. Look for a moment at who has gone before and who now stands with them. Present in sacred Scripture, when our Lord was conceived and born, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and even St. John the Baptist, the greatest prophet, are not at the cross. They are dead. Joachim and Anne, And even St. Joseph, the greatest patriarch, have almost certainly passed away. Simeon and Anna and Herod, the best and the worst in Jerusalem at our Lord's birth. No longer. Every biblical figure who was alive when our Lord was born is no longer alive some 30 years later, with the exception of one. Our Lord's mother. No doubt there are figures who were alive, who enter in later in the biblical narrative, who are older than our Lord at the time of his death. But their lives, let alone their beginning, would never have been recorded if our Lord and theirs, if our Lord's life and their lives had not intersected. We don't know when Pontius Pilate was born. We certainly know when he died. It is the Blessed Virgin who is with our Lord at his coming into the world and at his glorious death. To whom else could the honor be given? Who else gave such an unconditional fiat? Let it be. Let it be done to me according to thy word. She, knowing that she was abandoning herself into the arms of God who is goodness, who is beauty, who is truth, who is order, who is logos. She was not foolishly abandoning herself to an irascible God who is contradiction and power, but unconditional nevertheless, knowing not what would come except for what the angel told her. And Simeon, with seven fine points, reminded her, Who else could be with him at the end? Who was with him at the beginning? This cross on the western side of the valley of the River Jordan mirrors almost that on the eastern side, Mount Nebo. Of all those who escaped slavery in Egypt, none of them were permitted to cross from Mount Nebo to the promised land on the western side. All died but for Joshua. Moses was permitted to wander and eventually to pass away seeing the promised land, but not being permitted to enter. No, certainly not. We do not see these days of March 25th as the beginning and the end. We see instead what God has had in mind from the very beginning It is not only lately that Our Lady is associated with this cross. For how was the curse given to the serpent when the tree led Adam and Eve into sin with the whispering of the serpent? I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And so is the evil one vanquished, his head crushed under the cross. Our Lady and her seed champions. This is, in fact, how God intended our salvation to come about. No accident, no mistake. We stand and kneel with her and attempt to comfort her son, knowing that he dies for our sins, attempting as well to comfort her, knowing that we are responsible for her anguish. Can we even begin to understand? She was the one who felt the first tremors in her womb of this world not being able to contain her son. And now the earth quakes at his death. The suffering of her heart cannot be described by human words. Nor can her love or her faith. So often in sacred scripture, we hear our Lord speaking to us and occasionally speaking to the Father. At the altar as well, he turns to us through his priest to offer instruction. And he turns back to the Father in prayer and worship. Again, by no mistake, are his last words addressed to his heavenly Father. Into your hands, O Lord. I commend my spirit. Prior to that, the accomplishment of the covenants, the completion of His sacrifice, consamademest. We are allowed to hear; we can imagine them being whispered. But the last words that we know He addressed to humans. The words addressed to us offer us comfort and consolation. Behold your mother. We can, therefore, not shrink from the responsibility given us to care for her, to love her, to make her the heart of our household, to learn from her, to pray with her, and to await the fulfillment of God's promises in her good company. We adore Thee, O Christ, and we praise Thee, because by Thy holy cross Thou hast redeemed the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit,